Hey everyone, welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Every episode is a journey where I take you to explore crime, forensics, and historical cases. Join me as I inform, educate, and entertain true crime enthusiasts through criminal justice and dark history tours. My name is Judith A. Yates, and I'm an award-winning author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Now, grab your crime scene kits, notebooks, and hats, and join me on this investigation. The date is March 18th, 2008. The place is La Jolla, Texas. Your mission is to decide, was a woman responsible for the death of her nephew? This is the case of the 1,366-pound false confession. People were already planning to attend this trial. The observers would be packing this courtroom. Now, it wasn't just the regular courtroom watchers who loved the drama and challenges in a room where law oversees people's lives, but it was the subject of the investigation See, officials already had to find a courtroom that could accommodate the accused because the defendant was going to have to be transported to the courthouse in a moving truck and live in the courtroom on a king-sized mattress. That's right, the defendant couldn't even leave the courtroom. She was just going to have to live there. Her name was Myra Rosales, and she was already making headlines all over the world for being the biggest person ever arrested up to the year 2018. It's my fault he's dead. Myra Rosales was crying about her nephew, two-year-old Elicio Rosales Jr. She said, I was trying to pick him up and I slipped and fell on him. Her story was easy to believe at first because Myra Rosales weighed 1,036 pounds. It happened in La Jolla, March 18, 2008. That's Texas's southern tip. Now, EMT had responded to a call of little Elicio's having difficulty breathing. And when they arrived, the baby was also suffering a severe head injury. EMTs rushed Elicio Jr. to the hospital, but unfortunately, nothing could save this handsome little boy. He died due to his injuries. Now, Myra has a 20-year-old sister. Her name is Jamie Lee Rosales, and she is Elicio's mother. Jamie and her husband, Elicio Sr., and the rest of their children live with Myra and Myra's husband, and they live in this very simple home. It's a little quiet suburban neighborhood. Jamie had a history with Child Protective Services. In April of that year, Jamie had signed what was called a safety plan with CPS, and that included a caveat that she would not leave her children with Myra due to what CPS called Myra's disabilities. Still, Jamie always left her children with her sister. No big deal. Hildago County Sheriff's Office arrested Myra for injuring a child and failing to protect a child, but she had to be booked fingerprinted, and her mugshot taken in her bedroom. And then she was released on a personal recognizance bond because of her massive bulk. It kept her bedridden. 
Hildago County Sheriff's Office also arrested Jamie Lee Rosales, and she was taken to the county jail and held on a $50,000 bond, and it all just seemed like an open-shut case. Then, an autopsy reveals Elicio Jr. had died from a massive blunt force trauma. These are not the kind of wounds suffered from someone who fell on him. Not even a woman who weighed half a ton. There were multiple skull fractures on his forehead and the upper and lower rear parts of Elicio's skull. And there were also fractures that were estimated to be about a month old. So little Elicio also had older injuries that were attributed to his demise. So doubt was cast bigger than Myra's shadow. She could not even get out of bed without the help of at least 10 strong men. So how did she maneuver to stand, walk, and fall on this little baby? She couldn't even swing her arm with enough force to strike. Alicio Rosales Jr. was beaten to death. But Myra was just stubbornly refusing to change her story. She kept saying she tried to pick up Elicio Jr. when he crawled on the floor and she leaned and because of her size, she fell over on him. She kept telling officials the story over and over and over. And yes, she was aware of the consequences. This was Texas. Now, you know, I'm from Texas. We don't play the death penalty would be imminent. And death row is going to accommodate anyone, regardless of their physical size. Again, we don't play. So now we're prepping for Myra Rosales' trial. And all of this was really more sad than it was alarming. Here you have someone who can't even leave their room because of their size. And we have a child that expired due to abuse. It was just a sad story all the way around. Before Myra goes to trial, though, officials had to find a courtroom that could even accommodate her size. So they decide, well, Myra's going to have to be transported to the courtroom. We can't bring it to her. How are we going to do this? Well, they had to pick a moving truck. Okay, what are we going to do once she's in the courtroom? Well, we're going to have to do something. She's not going to fit in a chair. And they decided on what she had lived on for so long, a king-size mattress. Now, poor Myra was already becoming a media sideshow. People on television and in newspapers on radio were already calling her a monster. And Nancy Grace was disgustingly spitting out the word fat. Every time she talked about Maya Rosales, she had to throw in the word fat. Every chance the crime talk show host got the opportunity to discuss Myra's case, she has to, you know, well, she is a fat girl. She probably did it because she's fat. And as the officials are working on her case, they're studying Alicio's injuries, 
they're looking at the head trauma. They're studying Myra's physical size. You know, she's got all of these limitations, but yet here's her sister, Jamie, and her sister has this history. And they're thinking Myra's covering for somebody. Now, they're wondering if this has something to do with the drug cartel. It was South Texas. And to add to that, Alicia Sr. was speculated of having particular illegal affiliations. And then Myra's mental and physical health starts to break down further. And she starts talking. Myra wants to talk to her attorney. And she confesses. She tells the truth. And here it is. The truth was, Jamie Lee was an abusive mother. And little Elicio, despite his size, despite how fragile he was, despite him just being a little baby, he was the brunt of Jamie's strikes and slaps and even neglect. And on that March 18th, Jamie had become so angry that she was cursing him and pushing him. And why was she angry at him? Because the little boy was looking at her. And finally, her anger just boiled and boiled and boiled. Remember, people don't snap. They boil. It's like a tea kettle sitting on the stove. They get hotter and angrier and hotter. And pretty soon, if you don't take that tea kettle off the stove, it's going to blow. Well, that's exactly what Jamie did that day, March 18th. She reared back a foot and with all the force she had, she kicked little Elicio Jr. in the chin and he fell backward. The back of his head slammed into the wall. If that wasn't enough, Jamie grabbed a hairbrush and smacked the baby across the head. And why would she do this? Because little Elicio wasn't eating. Now, Elicio had been severely abused before, but this time he starts to gasp for air. He can't breathe. And the little baby is sitting there in his chair and he can't breathe. So the sisters, they start being scared. They're alarmed. They're scared. They're freaking out. This time, finally, someone calls 911 and here comes the ambulance. Now, they're waiting to hear the ambulance, that plaintive wail that just cries around the neighborhood. Myra Rosales devises a plan. She loves her sister so much and she had listened to this abuse so much and she is so dark and deep in that depressive state and she said I have no reason to live and she indicates her sigh sitting on that mattress for years and a death sentence to me just means nothing but you have kids so I'll say it was me who hurt little Elicio or 
Maybe it was Jamie that came up with the plan. According to another account, when the paramedics came for Alicia, Jamie was begging her sister to take the blame. Please, Myra, I can't go to jail. I can't have my kids taken away from me. I can't be with CPS again and answer all those questions and sign all those paperwork. I've got more children. Please. So Myra says, well, I was dying anyway. So I decided to admit I'd done it to protect my sister because I love her. Regardless of who thought about it, regardless of who came up with it, regardless of who said it, who agreed, that was their plan. And it was the story they stuck to until everything started to unravel. And it was Jamie who pulled the first loose thread. I heard she was pregnant, Myra explained to her lawyer. But as much as she loved her sister, she knew Jamie was never going to change. This meant Jamie was going to stay abusive to her children, the children she already had, the child she was pregnant with. So bravely, Myra, despite her love for her sister and her family, she tells the truth. Charges against Myra Rosales would eventually be dropped. Uh-oh, now we're in trouble. So Jamie and Elicio Rosales Sr. packed their bags. Man, they're headed for Veracruz, Mexico. They are not going to be caught up in this mess. She was not about to pay for this crime. So they head out. But meanwhile, her sister is suddenly going from the media putts to the media star. A documentary starts about her life and the case, and they call it Half Ton Killer. Now, it's filmed, and it aired on TLC in 2012. The documentary brings Jamie back to the States, and she was promptly arrested for the death of little Elicio Jr. What kind of sentence would you give Jamie? Now, think about that for a minute. Think of all the terror that she gave that little boy. Think of all the horrific wounds. Think of all the physical, mental abuse that she caused to that little boy. Well, Jamie agrees to a plea bargain, and rather than drag it through the court, she receives 15 years in prison for injury to a child. And her release date, it's coming up. She's going to be released in 2025. The arrest, the subsequent indictment, and then her freedom brought Myra Rosales very good fortune. Medical professionals are hearing of her story and responded to it. Remember, this case caused her international fame because she was the largest person ever to be arrested up until this time. And one very prominent physician comes forward and volunteers to assist with full care to help Myra lose weight and become healthy. Now, here we go. By 2013, Myra Rosales had lost over 800 pounds. 
She was under the administration of all these specialists. She was placed on special diets. She underwent gastric bypass surgery. She was on a plan to have surgery to remove all that excess skin, and she had tumors. And she was making these national appearances on news and talk shows, and she was discussing her life. Once again, she was the media's darling. So Maria Rosales is credited as the heaviest woman ever to be arrested. At one time, Myra was the heaviest woman on record. Think about this. Accusations of murdering a child made her a hot news item. And then her false confession to murdering a child made her a hot news item. In between, 1,036 pounds kept her in the headlines for both. Thank you for listening. I do hope you subscribe. It's a new podcast. And please give us a thumbs up and a good review. And I will see you next time. Hey everyone, this is Judith A. Yates, true crime author and criminologist. In 1996, I was holding a gun in my lap thinking it wasn't worth living. Luckily, I got help. And if you're feeling that way, I've got some help for you. The 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is a national network of more than 200 crisis centers that helps thousands of people overcome crisis situations every day. It's a national number and more than just an easy-to-remember number. It's a direct connection to compassionate, accessible care and support for anyone experiencing mental health-related distress, thoughts of suicide, mental health problems, substance abuse crisis, or any other kinds of emotional distress. 988 is there for you. The number also assists veterans, has multilingual persons to assist, and is GLBT-friendly. Call or text 988, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, including any holiday, and someone will be there to help you. Please don't give up. You are not alone. Thank you for listening to Best True Crime Podcast. We are a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Every episode is a journey where I take you to explore crime, forensics, and historical cases. Join me next episode as I inform, educate, and entertain true crime enthusiasts through criminal justice and dark history tours. My name is Judith A. Yates. I am an award-winning author, a criminologist, and paranormal explorer. I hope you subscribe, and please stop by my website and check out my books and the games created by my team at www.truecrimebook.net.